weekend racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys in their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com What's up everybody, I'm Magic And I'm Mike And this is The Magic Mike Show, episode 407, Mr. Samich Back with the Kaza. Belmont at Aqueduct no. at the at the no. I don't understand. This is so stupid. Can we just from this point on? Can we just call this Aqueduct? Uh, I, I love the fact that someone on the the morning show. I, I'm sorry, I'm not giving you credit for it. Called it Royal Aqueduct. I kind of like that. I think that's a little fun way to play with it. But I, I refuse to call it Belmont at the Big A. That is ridiculous. And it's even more ridiculous that that's how they actually put it in the, like the DRF programs. And it's even more ridiculous. That the stats for the track are B A Q, but they're just all aqueduct races. Like, what? What? What are we doing? Like, why are we trying to make this more difficult? Do you really think people are going to be like, "Oh, it's not aqueduct. I'm going to bet more money now." Like, is that really the goal here? The um, <clears throat> it's not like the same people own Belmont and Aqueduct. It's not like some. It's not like Churchill had it and it was like they have to lease it to Astronic Track this year. It's no. It's the same. I don't know. Though I will say. They didn't completely 100% screw this up. They are using Aqueduct stats. We at least yeah. have that. Like it, 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 from that, that's really what matters the most to us. Like the other things are annoyances. At least statistically, it's all going to be the same. So at least they, and I'm a little surprised, Mike, with everything else that they did with this, you would have thought that they would have just screwed that up too. They should have just called it the Belmont meet at Aqueduct. It would have been a lot easier, a lot cleaner instead of this whole, and then just put AQU and Aqueduct for the thing. And then we're, everyone's happy, right? Um, <laughs> You mentioned the stats. I think this is interesting. We should get into this before we talk about this. How valuable do you think the stats are for Aqueduct for specifically this meet where the purses are bigger and where the horses are better and the trainers have different stock there? And I'll, I'll yes and that, uh, that we're not used to running on this track at this time. So it's not like we can say, you know, horses that have been at Aqueduct, like, you know, if they've been on the turf, it's usually cold and almost frozen. Aqueduct mm-hmm. hardly ever has turf racing. So can you compare that? It's kind of like when Keeneland had um, the July meet with, during COVID, where all of a sudden they're setting track record of track records. Like, yeah, it's not freaking April when they were doing this. Like, you know, the, the two-year-old races, they've, they're July and not April when we're doing this. So yeah, a little bit of that to play into it, too. That's a good point. My, my perception of that Aqueduct dirt course is it's, there's snow on the inside and outside of it, right? Like, that's what I think of when I think of Aqueduct and the dirt. So very different conditions. And, like, the, for instance, in the seventh race, there's a, an, I'm sorry, in the ninth race that we're going to be covering today, there's an entry. And both of them have exceptional records at Aqueduct. Well, they were running in significantly lower-pursed races, although it's about the same class level, or significantly lower-pursed races at different times of the year with different conditions against different type of horses with different trainers there. Like, to me, that's some of these stats you got to be a little bit careful about because people are going to play that horse for course angle, and this ain't the same course. It ain't the same player. <laughs> so it's like I'm not sure you want to rely too much on that when we're looking at this Aqueduct meet. Maybe once we actually get a couple races, like maybe later in this meet, since this is going to be a long aqueduct meet, you can rely a little bit more on it. But the purses, I assume, will switch at some point when this goes to regular aqueduct instead of the Belmont at aqueduct. Yeah, the uh, you make a great point. I didn't even uh, you until you mentioned it, I didn't think about it. I didn't use any kind of aqueduct angle. I didn't look at horses. I kind of looked at who they were competing against because I thought, well, we're not used to ever being here at aqueduct right now. So who's informed from Saratoga? Who was spotted, you know, two over their head at, at Belmont? So, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, all good points. All right, you ready to get into this, buddy? We got a pick five show. Let's do it. All right, Saturday, a late pick five. Belmont and Aqueduct. We're just going to call it Aqueduct's late pick five Saturday. We got the Jockey Club Derby and the Jockey Club Oaks. Right is up. And remember, 
if you want to be betting at Aqueduct or anywhere this weekend uh, and you don't have a sign up yet, go to betptc.com, sign up using promo code DUDES, D U D E S. Uh, when you bet $750, you get a $200 rebate right back to you. Also, all of the in race rebates, they happen instantaneously. And that could help because a little chalky here. Maybe you want to play these a little race by race. Uh, my first leg of the late pick five at Royal Aqueduct. We can call it that. I think it was Lord Farquaad, by the way, who said that. Uh, Royal Aqueduct on Saturday, September 17th, race seven, the grade three Jockey Club Oaks Invitational. Six three-year-old fillies going a mile and three-eighths on the inner turf. And by God, Mike, there's only one Chad Brown in here. It's McCulloch, your four to five favorite. Yeah, at least we know we won't get wired by a Chad Brown this time. So that's that's at least nice. Um, uh, don't don't you challenge Irad. Don't, don't you well. do that. No, he will not do it. Nostalgic will make the lead. Or Kansi, one of the two. Anyway, uh, I think the wrong horse is favorite here. I'm going to go with Toscana Bell, and I'm going to single her right out of the gate against McCulloch. Um, look, Into the Moonlight beat McCulloch two back. I, th- I think Into the Moonlight is the better horse compared to McCulloch. There's a reason Frankie Dettori is over here. That's to ride this horse. You know, the last time he rode at Aqueduct, I think it was 1990. So it's been a minute since he's been there. Um, this horse was specifically shipped over for this race. I'll take European form over U.S. form. This horse looked phenomenal. I, I went back and watched the replay. Phenomenal um, in that debut, the three-year-old debut going a mile and three-eighths uh, in, in Germany to win the grade one German Oaks. I am going to take a little bit of shot in this entire sequence. I'm trying to beat two very short price favorites, and this is going to be the first one. I just, I'm not willing to swallow four to five of McCulloch when I've seen that horse just not get the job done against some of these European invaders before. I mean, Kansi, I thought about, but again, like, wasn't that impressed with that specifically that last race. So for me, I'm just going to go with a four and try and get through here uh, with, a, with a pretty aggressive single to kick this thing off. I would say Frankie DeTore is probably here to ride Nation's Pride no, <laughs> in point. the Jockey Never Club. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, here's the thing. Frankie DeTore, if you haven't been paying attention to Royal Ascot or, or like even just the major, major group one races in Europe, he's pulling a Florent Giroux. Uh, he cannot ride to save his butt right now, and it is it, it's he got him fired from John Gosden uh, for how poorly he was riding Stradivarius and some other horses at Royal Ascot. Uh, it hasn't been a good year for him, and that includes when he came to uh, Belmont for the Belmont Oaks and the Belmont Derby, and he rode with the Moonlight, he rode Nation's Pride, and they were the best horses in those races, and he rode them to very bad second-place finishes. Now, I will say, the Derby was a little bit of an excuse because Classic Causeway had that stupid uh, lone speed, but... Uh, with the Moonlight was the best horse in the Belmont Oaks. Came back and beat McCulloch uh, with, you know, when McCulloch had uh, a different kind of a trip, Irad gets the job done with McCulloch. I- I'm a little worried that Frankie DeTore is going to have a couple of shit rides on a couple of horses that should win. I went 1-4 here because I don't trust Frankie DeTore to do something right with this kind of belt. Like, if you look at her races too, and I know you watched it, the-, the one time that she had that bad race, the Diana trial, when she was, I say bad, she was way behind. She wasn't forwardly placed. Well, Frankie DeTore, you know how to do that. He's never ridden her. It, it looks like all of her best races were when she's forwardly placed. Maybe it's only six horses. How far back could he be? That's famous last words right there. Um, look, man, if I was if I was throwing out jockeys or, or not trusting jockeys, I'd never never single single Joel Rosario again. I mean, so there's there's certain <laughs> things where you just got to be like, look, well, you got look. He he throws in so many clunkers. Although he's ridden very well today at Aqueduct. Um, but I would never be able to single him again if I was following that theory. Yeah, like the Tory, I, I do not follow the European circuit as much as you do. Didn't realize he got fired off all of them. Don't love hearing that. Uh, but when these horses come over, they've been dominant. And I'm going to give him a pass. It's a smaller field. You don't need to be that strategic here. You just have to get keep the horse out of trouble, be able to get a good run. I feel like this is a two-horse race. I feel like they should be about the same price. One's four to five. The other's seven to two. I'll take the seven to two shot. And my, I went chalkier than Mike did. I have a $36 ticket for a pick five. So it's not, I, I went pretty shallow here with, with going with the chalk. So um, it's not like I went, you know, chalk, chalk here. And I've got a $200 ticket. Uh, as far as McCulloch, you know, you can look at her record. It is Chad Brown's possibly his best drilled Philly right now. Uh, but it's also important to note that this is named after the very first employee Chad Brown ever hired when he went out on his own as a trainer mary mcculloch and she passed away and they named this horse in her honor and so when there is a person of distinction within the family like that who passes away and a horse is named after them it means they've got talent and she showed it in the belmont oaks i'm gonna you know and the off again on the off chance frankie detorius cruz things that are you worried at all about the six beside herself because i did look at her for a little bit um yeah i mean a little bit but like 
that last race was just it's almost too easy. And so like the number comes back that it's that the best race that you've seen was a mile and a half, but just got an absolute cakewalk of a lead and they had to go 48 to the half, but then 114 to, to the six furlongs. Um, Pratt did a wonderful job riding her that day, getting her out there and getting her loose. I'm just, I feel like you have to take a huge step forward here. And I, I feel like there won't be a, a fast pace, but there's going to be a couple horses who are interested in the pace. And I think that's enough to keep this field pretty compact but have it be reasonable at the same time, right? Where I, I think you're going to see 49 to the half, 113 to six furlongs. Maybe maybe you see 114, but everyone's going to be within two or three lengths here. I don't see anyone getting away. And that's what happened with beside herself. She was two or three lengths up the mass majority of that race, able to control the pace all by herself. When they turned for home, they just didn't have a shot. I, I just don't think she gets it that easy today. I don't like the price. All Everything that you said and add in that she was eight to one last out and now she's four to one. Uh, whereas Miss Yearwood, to her inside, was four to one last out, one nicely from off the pace, and is now eight to one. Like to me, the, the price is too far off uh, beside herself uh, at four to one. Especially, I, I, I agree with you. I think seven to two is too high on uh, Tuscana Bell. She'll be a lot lower. But if looking at those two on paper, like no, like which one do I want? I want the four, you know, six days a week and twice on Saturday. Yeah, if I went, I mean. I could see going four one here, but I, I would probably go four three if I used another. I would use Canacy, uh, um, who I thought was really impressive, two back, and then I didn't love the trip we got last time. Um, and so I, I would be, and I also think that the longer distance is significantly better for this horse. Like the mile and an eighth effort was the best effort you saw on the page. Cutting back to a mile, I thought was a little bit too short. Mile and three eighths shouldn't be an issue. Um, I would take a shot against the one and the six here with three four if I was going to go too deep, but. I'm playing a $48 ticket. I, I don't want to go crazy because I'm not using a two to five later. So hopefully we can we can get through this one and get through that one. And then we have coverage in the other three legs. I remember Kanisi in the risk averse stakes. Uh, I think it was you or Aaron. Whoever previewed that race was very big on Kanisi and was not happy with that right. It uh, reminds me there. But I think she's a good horse to try and hit the board here. But uh, as far as the win candidate goes, I'm with you. Uh, let's move on. We've got the second leg of the late pick five at Royal Aqueduct on Saturday, September 17th. Race eight. It's a six furlong outer turf sprint for nine males, three and up, nine winners and one other than. Where'd you go on top? I went to the nine horse, Clickatech, on top here. Uh, this is a six-year-old. There's there's a lot of speed in this race, which you're generally going to see in these turf sprints. But a lot of speed that are coming out of maiden scores are moving into this level for the first time because they've just beat uh, uh, because they they knocked off State Bread Company, they're going into Open Company. That's not something I love for either of those angles. Um, Click Attack is one of those horses that is just kind of the consistent hard trier. Has been going longer than this, so I don't love the fact that we we don't have that turf sprinting efforts that you've seen on the page. But has been showing speed longer and has closed well. This horse has run well off the layoff. This is his first time in the Linda Rice Barn. She's eighteen percent off the claim, seventeen percent off this type of layoff. I think it's a great setup out of that nine post. Um, and I like the five to one price here. I feel like there's a couple horses that are going to get bet that I think you kind of take a shot against. I went three deep here. Wasn't my top pick, but definitely made my pick here. I actually think the six furlongs is going to be good for him. This might be sneaky. Uh, that seven furlong cutting back, it almost seemed like it woke this horse up. He hadn't gone one turn in a long time against this level of competition. And so now we're cut back a furlong. He's He's learned I can hang back in one turn and I can get this done. And hey, I win. It's fun. Uh, you know, Linda Rice was how to handle the turf sprinters. I don't mind that it's Junior Alvarado riding versus Lascano. I know he rides pretty often for her, but he's got the, you know, three to one, if not the favorite, the second choice. Yeah, three to one favorite here. So I understand why he's riding that instead of the nine. I I'm with you on this one. Who's your next one? I went with the inside horse, King Angelo. Um, oh. <laughs> this is this is one where Lascano's on. It's three to one. You mentioned that. It won its last race in the state bred optional 2X and now jumping into the open company 1X allowance. Again, not one of the more preferable plays for me but the problem is those last two races are both good enough to win this and that you don't have anyone else if he runs the last race that's going to be tough to beat um i don't know if this horse needs the lead i'm hoping that he doesn't because if he does it could be a little bit of trouble there but like i said you've got two races on paper that beat this field i don't love the price but if i'm gonna fade two other favorites i don't mind playing a chalkier leg here with a three to one if i'm leaving out a four to five and a two to five I was afraid of any horse that I thought might be need the lead or uh, might get caught in a speed duel, and that includes the one. I figured 
Uh, looking at this at first, you know, you, you open the PPs and you get to the first horse and it's, uh, you see, all right, rail horse, uh, three to one favorite, 111 early time for me. You'll get the, fa- the, the running lines. You're like, Gee, this horse could go gate to wire, go straight out of there. And then you look at who else is in there and you go, well, two Same likes job. to do that. And oh, the, the four sometimes has done that. But the six likes to do that. The seven likes to, the eight likes to do that. Like it starts running into like a lot of horses like to do this and enough of them with that horse being buried on the rail. That's why I'm taking a shot against him at three to one. But he is, I think you said it, the best speed horse. He is the best of the speed. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what trip he gets here. And that's that's going to be a big key to it. The race two back, like surprise boss, very, very good horse. Jumped into stakes mm-hmm. company after that. So it faced good horses in the, in the New York State bred races at least. I'm hoping, like I said, this horse can stalk because I, I, that's really the, the way that you can get it done. He was off the pace two back, wasn't able to get by all of them, but was chasing surprise boss well, right? And so I'm hoping we can go back to that and get into that type of form versus having to just go, go, go. We'll see what happens because you're going to see quite a few in here. Go, go, go. Uh, next, I will tell you my top pick because I don't think he is. It's going to be the four Phantom Smoke. And, and I'm using this horse thinking that he, ha- he has shown that he doesn't need to be on the lead. I know last time out he won gate to wire. Uh, but you can look back when six furlongs on the inner at Belmont. Uh, not winners of one. Wins that from stalking position. Uh, next out almost wins again. Uh, misses by a nose with that same running style over this same course. I'm going to use this horse because it's Christoph Pomani had a great meet at, at, at not the meet that he thought he was going to, you know, or no, sorry, that was shook. Christoph Pomani did have a great meet. He is great with the turf sprinters might be the possibly the best turf sprint trainer in New York and Flavian Pratt, uh, you know, this, he was great on dirt and on turf all meet long. I think we're sitting on a good effort here. Yeah. It's got to find some improvement. And that was my biggest issue. There's not a single race on the page that wins this. And so you have to, I, I think you're going to need to take a step forward at some point. That's why I ended up leaving this horse off. Um, I, again, I don't love the, the taking a step from state bread to open. I'm willing to do it with the one who beat the four two back. I'm not willing to do it with the four who doesn't have a race on the page to beat me. And that's, that's essentially why I ended up leaving um, the four off. The next on for me was the five uh, maritime wings. Yeah. This is a big swing. I mean, this is, I get it, this is a big swing. The race two back faced big invasion, left the uh, the O'Brien barn, now went to the Pletcher barn, took a little bit of a break, went out at a mile. We're going to cut back today to six furlongs. I think that cutback's going to help. And I think all the speed in this race is going to help as well. I'm hoping that Maritime Wings is just flying late and picking up some pieces and able to get by here at 10 to 1. Yeah, I'm with you. I went three deep, and this is the, the other one that I used here. You know, wins his debut going seven furlong spring but then his next two starts a group two a group three he finishes second and both of them to the same horse point lonsdale i think might have been two year of the year he was up there for two year of the year uh in europe i comes over here the first race uh you know it's a seven furlong sprint he doesn't do well he's last throughout you know why big invasion was in there and got a good ride that's why big invasion won (laughs) um next time out he tries two turns at saratoga it doesn't work out just like going a mile at leopardstown was very poor for him i'm with you i think this especially six furlongs i think it's really going to wake this horse up pletcher is not an idiot um i I, really the, the cut back on distance the 10 to 1 let's do it let's get this horse home Yep. Uh, one more for me. That was uh, Gianni Lambo. This is the other Pletcher. This horse won on debut impressively in open company. Now we're going to come back. This is where I read lands. The American Pharaoh, three-year-old. I mean, I just, I don't want this horse to beat me, especially at eight to one. I think there's enough things to like here, especially if I'm playing the five and the eight is going to be in the race. We don't know if this eight needs the lead. We just know the eight is good enough to win on the lead. And that to me is, is the key there. You're almost treating this like a first time starter, but he fired out of the out of the gates early, was able to win as a first time starter. Now we're coming back off this long layoff. Since Pletcher has two in here and I want to use the other one, I don't feel like I can leave this one off my ticket responsibly. If the tote flashes and this horse is like three to one, I first I'm gonna go shit. <laughs> Watch the up. daily doubles. If if the daily doubles are getting played, this is this is a live horse. That's a good one. Uh he I, I, I thought if there's one horse that I left off that's going to beat me, it's this one. But, you know, he was a three-year-old beating straight two-year-olds. He was, it was when he raced, actually. And now he's facing older horse. It's a big step up. He can, if, if he is fantastic, uh, I'll let him beat me. And, and at 8-1, to one, I understand why you're throwing him in there. Um, I'm not going to try and talk anybody off him, especially 8-1 to one like that. But you got to think Ira got off the four for him. 
I mean that like there's enough here that you're like, ooh, like this this horse could totally pop out. If there's one I'm scared of, it's actually oh boy. Yeah, you didn't see the I red thing, did you? <laughs> well, I I I did I did it, but I didn't it hadn't computed. I saw them, but you had to connect the thread for me there. Yeah. I'm sure that he got offered that mount on Phantom Smoke. Um the one that scares me is a three outlaw kid. I, again, I don't love playing maiden special weight into winners for the first time, but nice race there was able to come from off the pace. A Java buzz who ends up running third. There is a, a Chad Brown turf sprinter who's supposed to be good. And hasn't really turned it around yet, but it's supposed to be good. Second off a layoff, $220, $220,000 uh, son of violence, violence uh, who loves to create some pretty good turf sprinters with a city zip mare on the bottom was able to stalk and close last time. Outlaw Kid would be the one I'm scared of that I'm leaving off. I just saw you made good points. Um, I didn't. I don't love the fact that he um, on his debut was at one price and then off of that, thinking maybe he'll improve second out. Everybody just left him alone. It seemed like it took everybody by surprise. Um, I I didn't use the eight, so I am more worried about him than uh, <laughs> than this one. But I understand you use him, so you can't qualify for that. I was laughing because I saw Chris Milo's comment from earlier. Sometimes European riders having to deal with two turns, it's like a NASCAR driver trying to turn right. <laughs> They're used to it. It ends in a wreck and disappointment. Yeah, lots of torn up tickets too. <laughs> Uh, all right, Mike, uh, let's move on. This is going to be an interesting one. This is where we have no agreement. The third leg of Lapic 5 at Royal Aqueduct, Saturday, September 17th. Race, whoops, sorry, race nine to seven furlong. Dirt sprint for eight males, three and up. Nine winners and one other than you notice here, uh, Gustavo Rodriguez has a coupled entry. Alvarado's named on both of them. I'm going to assume only one of them runs. It doesn't really matter, I don't think, because the number seven, Expressman, who's breaking from post eight, is your two to five favorite. Todd Pletcher, Javier Kessler. If you remember this horse from Saratoga, seven furlong debut winner, seven and a quarter lengths. Uh, he had a, a he was coupled entry, a horse that we both loved. That horse finished second, and I th he just finished racing like yesterday, trying to finish that race. That's, That's how badly he got, he got a 103 buyer, or no, it was 97, 97 buyer. Uh, huge buyer for this horse. Uh, I'm singling him, and then I'm going to throw it to you for why you tell me why I don't like him. And to me, a 20% regression from that at this same distance, he still wins this. So I'm going to use him. Now tell me why you're playing against him. I'm going to completely leave him off the ticket. Um, <clears throat> I actually did a video about this, maybe, I don't know, maybe a month ago, something like that. This is the most overbet type of horse at the Naira circuit consistently. The monster, monster debut win, then moving up to N1X allowance with an inflated number because there's no way like I the race was awesome but 107 is ridiculous like let's be honest like we're not running a 107 again and if we are really running a 107 again we would be in a graded stakes right now we wouldn't be in an n1x allowance so we could be prepping for the breeders cup okay so the pletcher is kind of tipping his hand in my mind of where he feels this horse is at by not going into a graded stakes this is a three-year-old it's not like you have anything to wait for here it's not like it's the two-year-old and you got to try and go through it this is a three-year-old that you wanted to get to the Breeders' Cup, probably toward the Breeders' Cup sprint, if that 107 is legit in Pletcher's mind. So I don't think that Pletcher necessarily thinks this horse is as talented as he showed in debut. I'm willing to take a shot here at a horse that's going to be one to nine in this race, where there is a bleeping load of speed. I mean, Dots, Dollar, and Prisoner are fast. Like, they are going to absolutely go. I would be shocked if Expressman's able to get the same easy type of lead. And then it's going to be whether or not we can get this seven furlongs with the pressure that we're going to face while going faster against winners. And you have to answer all of those questions at one to nine. To me, that's that's where you got to draw the line. You got to try and find a way to get around this horse. Long term, you're going to lose money on a horse like this, unless this is the next superstar. Right. And I just don't think that this is where you'd place this horse if it was the next superstar. I think you'd be in a graded stakes right now. So I'm going to try and get around Express Man. The problem is I can't use the three. I can't use the four. I can't use the one, right? So I'm going to use the two Chad Brown horses, and hopefully one of them can get home. Um, Nabokov, this horse was was pretty touted coming out of uh, a the, the win at Belmont, going a mile and the 16th, was able to go gate to wire, jump right into the Dwyer. Look, that was a little bit too, too off the deep end. Then we went a mile and an eighth for some reason. Not really sure why we went with that direction. Now we're cutting back to seven furlongs. This horse has speed. And can pass horses. That's exactly what I want in a race where I think that the favorite, who is going to be really short price, is going to take a ton of speed pressure from the four and the five. So if the seven can rate, I might be in trouble here. But if the seven goes again, and that is exactly what happened last time with Castellano on this horse, 
I'm hoping the four, three and four can go and that Nabokov and McKillop are sitting right behind those three and one of them doesn't suck. That's what we're rooting for here is that one, either the two or the five can get by. I don't have a ton of faith in the four or the five. Don't have a ton of faith in the six. The entry of the one is a step below these horses. Great records at Aqueduct, but that's Aqueduct, Aqueduct. That's not purse size like this Aqueduct. So I'm going to take a shot and see if we can get around this two to five shot. I think if you're going to take a shot, the two is where I would go. Um, you, sir, ripped Nabokov's poor little Heine to shreds when we were previewing the Dwyer, uh, saying how trashy that main special way win was because he got everything his own way, yep. and that was the only way he was going to win. You didn't think he'd do it in the Dwyer, and he didn't. Um, that's I, I right. still remember that when I see this. I was right. <laughs> what happened right. in the Dwyer? Uh, here's the thing about what you said about Expressman. You said he should be in the stakes race if he was good enough. If he went to what, what like an ungraded stakes, right? There's probably not, you're not going to throw him into grade one, right? Oh, yeah, I am. You would have thrown him into a grade one off of that race. Yes. Name the other sprinters that are three year olds and up running 107 buyers. Aaron's in Jackie's the chat. Warrior. Have Aaron. Aaron probably knows. Aaron's already it's, typing some up. So. I mean, it's Jackie's Warrior. It's Jack Christopher. It, those are the numbers that those guys are running. Jackie's Warrior got a 109. Jack Christopher got a 108 last time. Where I was trying to go with this is I was going to say, if he goes to a stakes, the purse is probably, what, $100,000, $150,000? This purse is over $100,000. Yeah, this isn't this, is, this isn't your aqueduct adequate $70,000 allowance. This is hundred. What they going, 105000 or something like that? So. Uh, yeah, I, there you go. Thank you. Well, of course, Aaron says Expressman's a single. This is going to be the best bet on the. This is going to be the the fast track or whatever on the website. <laughs> what is it? Oh, the power play. That's what power play. There it is. There it is. Yeah, I, fast track. Uh, listen, let us know in the chat or if you're listening back. Uh, tell us in the comment section what you're going to do. I, I think regardless, if all the favorites in this entire leg, Mike and I agree, you either single this horse or you're completely against. You cannot use value-wise this unless you go seven six and you really believe that that five pound allowance on capone is gonna get the job done then god bless you and to be absolutely clear the most likely winner of this race is expressman i'm totally like fine with like but expressman at one to nine in the pick five which is what this horse is going to be this horse is going to be single up and down this whole thing has to win 90 percent of the time to be able to be any type of value on your ticket and with that you also probably can't play mculic because if you're playing both of them as singles, then all of a sudden you have to get miraculous results. And guess what? Everyone else in the world will be singling both of those two horses. So it's how do you create a structure here to get around it? Long term, the seven as a single is a losing proposition. Now, maybe today it won't be, right? But that's one of my main reasons why I'm not using the seven here. It's not because I don't think the horse wins 70 to 75% of the time. I think the expected return on that 70 70% of the time is wildly lower than what you're going to see in the pool says from a ticket count. But see, 90% of the time, it's not Todd Pletcher training the horse. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing that. I'm just kidding. I do want to go real quick before we move on. Uh, Chris Milo has a, a theory that might actually not be a uh, too far off. He says, Pletcher is secretly saving Expressman for the Cigar Mile because life is good as a coward headed for the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Mike Samich, your thoughts? Um, I have no idea where he's going. That's incorrect. That's 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 foolish thinking there. I'm assuming that's Aaron. And we could have this argument at some point because we've had it before. It's not me. Uh, I, well, I know. I know it's Aaron. This is this is what he says. He loves he loves that. Well, a losing ticket has no value. That's not correct. That's there are there are examples all the time in sports betting specifically where losing tickets have value. And there are examples where horse trading where losing tickets have value because it was the correct EV play in the long run. If you play it one time. Yeah, you're right. A loser's a loser. If you play it 500 times, not every loser's a loser. Tons of value during uh, when COVID first hit, too. You couldn't find toilet paper anywhere. All those losing go. tickets, so much value with those losing tickets. Penultimate leg of the late pick five at Royal Aqueduct on Saturday, September 17th. Mike, it's race 10 to grade three. Jockey Club Derby for six three-year-old males going a mile and a half on the inner turf. We went from only one Chad Brown in a big race in New York to, to no Chad Browns. Where are all the Chad Browns? I don't. They're all hiding. Uh, this is a rubber match. This is what we care about. Classic Causeway, Nation's Pride. We're going to settle it here on the field. Where are you going on top? Uh, this is, I thought this race was a little tricky. I, I'm going to go with Nation's Pride on top. Um, I, I, I think Classic Causeway gets loose. I, I, I'm scared of Classic Causeway being able to go gate to wire. I think it's interesting that Pratt takes the mount. 
Um, I'm going to go three deep here because I have the bullets to be able to, and I want to make sure I get through this race. And I think there are three logical horses here, but nation's pride was, was phenomenal. Last time out was able to, to get by and looked very, very good doing it. I, I think nation's pride is your most likely winner, but you know, someone told me that Frankie DeTore can't ride anymore. So I'm a little scared that he's just going to get outridden here. I didn't single. I'm a little, <laughs> yeah, this horse, this horse freaking lost it's, again it's not the biggest reason lost the classic causally had that stupid lead here's the, the difference between the belmont derby uh when he did have the uh sorry he being um classic causeway when classic Godway had the lone speed there were 11 other horses in that race there's five other horses and something that aaron taught me is that when you have these long turf dirt races but especially on turf and you've got five six horses in them unless one completely eats shit out of the gate they don't spread out. It's not like dirt where they're, you know, you can have a huge, you know, distance to the first to last. They always end up staying in a pack. So all Frankie Dettori needs to do is mimic William Buick's trip from the Saratoga Derby, keep him that close. If you look at the three times that Nation's Pride has raced in fields that were six horses or four horses or four horses, he won every single one of them because he didn't have to try and come from back. Just Frankie Dettori, just keep him close. Do the melt. Yeah, just do the William Buick. That's all you have to do. It's like Joel Rosario. Don't fall off. Detori, just do the William Buick. That's all you have to do. And you hope he's going to be close and doesn't need to press the pace. Because I, I feel like if he's within a length and doesn't get a significantly worse trip, he passes Classic Causeway down the lane. Now, the question is, is it going to be within a length? And what's that trip going to be like? I, I would hope that he saves ground one of the turns. But even if he sits a length on the, on the outside flank of Classic Causeway, I think he's better down the lane. Now, if Classic Causeway gets out by two, two and a half lengths, and, you know, there is some type of issue with Nation's Pride, Classic Causeway could wire this field. I mean, that doesn't seem like it's, it's out of the, the realm of possibility here. So I'm going to use the one Classic Causeway. We're both using the three. I use the six, uh, Artican two here, who I thought had some really nice races over there in Germany and has been taking a step forward every single race. I love the fact that they brought this horse over here to run in this spot. Um I'm not sure where this horse is going to run. I watched three of the replays. One was in the front, one was in the back, one was in the middle. Didn't really help me very much. Um, yeah. But this is, to me, that that wild card, right, where if this horse comes over and wins and I'm somehow able to get around that seven last race, all of a sudden this thing is is paying. And, and to me, I don't want to leave this one off when I'm only playing a $48 ticket. Yeah, I'm not going to say that another was going to say that the, the Italy form comes over here and just is, is absolutely fantastic. But a two time group stakes winner over there, uh, you know, the, the German uh, Derby, uh, this horse got a poor trip. It was a 20 horse field in a Derby. Does that sound like a familiar thing? Let's just scratch that off like it would yeah. be the Kentucky Derby, uh, a very solid effort versus older horses in a group one. And then also the winner of the German Derby repeated next out in a group one versus older horses as well. Uh, the jockey, Andrew Stark, I saw has got one win in one mountain. I was like, who the hell is this guy? What was he riding? Uh, flew in, rode a German horse to win the Belmont Gold Cup. Re flew in for one race with one German horse, rode it to victory. I, all, everything you said plus that, it's enough for me to put it on my ticket as well. Yeah, Rebels Romance, you mentioned three for three is the four year old that beat it last time out. So you got an older yeah. four year old that beat it in a grade one. Well, this horse is improving and they decide to send it over here to take a shot in a million dollar purse. I, I, I don't want to get beat by that horse. Dennis brings up an excellent point. He says, I think the six Articant is a let's see where we are with this horse and see if he can be a Breeders' Cup type horse. They did the same damn thing with Yabir. And we all discounted Yabir in the Breeders' Cup turf. And he came back and they're like, no, we know what we got. We're just, we know what we're doing here. Uh, that's a great point there, Dennis. Maybe that. I, I went three to appear. I also used the Grand Motion for the Grey Wizard. And it's because, why is this horse in here? Uh, if you look at the form, you're like, boy, this really is a the first level allowance. You weren't competitive. This horse broke terribly, very slowly in both those starts. Also, again, much bigger fields. Going back to the fact that we are a six horse field. This horse, even a little bit of a slow break with Luis Saez aboard, it's not that likely. Saez should keep this horse engaged. He should be in touch with these. He could be forwardly placed early. If he actually gets a real clean break, he could be you know, up there pressing Classic Causeway. And we've seen with Classic Causeway, if he doesn't get that super easy lead and get to gallop about with his ears pricked, if someone starts challenging before he turns for home, he throws in the towel. The Grey Wizard could be the horse that gets the first run on him. Saez hopping aboard, I think, is a difference maker. Whether or not it's enough to get this job done here uh, at this price, and I think he's going to be double digits easily by the time uh, the race goes off. I'm willing to take a shot. Yeah, um, 
this horse is, is slower than me right now out of the gate. And that's the biggest problem I have. Like there is no pace in this race and this horse has no pace at all. A 12 time form early figure is epically low. I don't think I've seen any single figures. That might be the lowest I've ever seen. Um, you sometimes see Sadler's joy. Sadler's joy was a single figure. You sometimes see zeros late, but you rarely see anything that low early. Um, I, I agree with you. I looked at this one for a little bit. Cause I'm like, what the hell is this horse doing here? Uh, but I, I couldn't get there, man. I, I think there's a little too much class here. I, I think that this one might have been one that hit the entry box. They saw it was six and they decided to run. I mean, maybe. It's it's just not grand motion style to do that. Like, that's not something... If, if his horse is going to be completely without a chance... I know it's Eclipse Thoroughbred, but and, and Aaron Wellman can be a bit ambitious with his horses, but, man, I don't... I think that's... It's grand motion. I'm Anyways, I, it, a big step up for him. It's something to be hard to do. Let's move on. We've got one more, uh, one more final leg. We've got the fifth and final leg of the Pick Five at Aqueduct on Saturday, September seventeenth, race eleven. This is a six furlong outer turf sprint. Nine New York bred maiden fillies. Three enough. The world is okay, Mike. We have New York bred maidens on the turf, ending the sequence here. Uh, seven to five favorite on the eight Royal Dancer. Really hasn't run a bad race in her life. Two near misses, and you know, in stakes races, I'm not using her. You're not using Royal Dancer the eight? I'm not. Oh, I have her on top. Oh boy. This is trouble. Um, yeah. Look. I'm crazy. That's why. Go ahead. Uh, that last race was a stakes race. It was good enough to win this race. The two back before that were probably good enough to win this race. I don't love this horse at seven to five, but I don't really love much in this race. It's why I took a shot in a couple other places that I'm taking shots in. The fact of the matter is like the horse's numbers stand over this field. And I, I think that you're going to see I, this one is one where it's just like, look, I, yeah, probably runs away from him. This is what I, I thought this was one of the better favorites in here from a value to win percentage perspective. Um, I, I wouldn't mind singling the eight here if I was going deeper in other legs to try and get a little crazy. But yeah, I, I felt like Royal Dancer was a pretty good fit with this field, especially coming out of Stakes Company. I uh, I am, do not like her at seven to five at six furlongs. I think the distance is going to be what her is what her worst spot. If you look at her races when she went five and a half against straight maidens at Saratoga, she was second. She ended up fading to be three and a half lengths behind the winner. When she went six furlongs in her debut, she was bumped at the break everything, but she still was never in, involved, never that close. I think the six furlongs is a little too short for her. So that's why I'm taking a shot against her. Also, I'm very chalky in the rest of my ticket. I got to take a shot somewhere. So uh, I'm yeah. not going to use her here. Um, but if you wanted to use her, I think this is a horse that you need to go a leg where you need to go very short if you do use her. Now, I see Aaron down there. Aaron, do you want to have the Expressman debate after we're done doing this? Yeah, that's why I figured you jumped in the background. All right, we can do. We can have a little fun after this. All right, I'm gonna go with uh, Ard Macha. I believe it is the nine. Uh, is, is my second choice here. Yeah, but Pratt takes up picks up this mount, um, and you got Abreu coming back off of a decent amount of a layoff. Uh, this candy ride horse, very good about turf sprinting. Abreu, very good turf sprinting. I would expect we're going to see a pretty decent step forward here. That Silk and Dollar race, uh, two back, actually has been pretty productive from a race perspective. So I'm willing to take a shot here. Um, and I, I think we're getting a decent price here. I think that eight to one number is pretty good considering you could take, you could logically take a decent step forward. My second choice as well, uh, you mentioned is by Candy Ride. This horse is a half to two horses who are multiple turf sprint winners. One of them is by Twirling Candy, a son of Candy Ride. So got the connection there. Uh, was bet down to four to one for her second start. Now we're getting this price? Okay. Yeah. No, sign me up. I love it. Who's your next one? Uh, four horse. Shinful. Uh, look, if I'm if I'm going to play the eight Royal Dancer, I'm going to play the horse I read's leaving to ride. <laughs> um, and that's that's the case here. The four Shinful makes a ton of sense. Second off the layoff. Um, the, the barn doesn't turf sprint rarely. Four turf sprints the last five years is kind of crazy. Uh, but that last race was pretty good and the race two back was in a stakes race and I, I like the fact that 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 race back was good enough to fit with this group we need to take a step forward but this may be your inside speed as well um and if this horse gets the lead i think all of a sudden we're a little bit dangerous royal dancer will probably try and go but shinful has the post position to try and make it hard in royal dancer if he wants to uh, this was my top pick here uh you know two prior starts when irad was aboard were the best starts that this horse or the best results that this horse had uh, also, the two times this horse had Lasix. I don't know which one of those is a coincidence. Maybe they both are, but we're also getting Lasix along with Irad here. Now we're second off the layoff, and like you said, Irad is leaving 
the, the seven to five favorite who I'm not using for this horse. Uh, to me, I see value at nine to two. I'm like, that's fantastic for all those things involved. Uh, did you use any other horses? I did. I used the three true martini here. Um, first time starter, a little bit of a shot here. We're getting 12 to one on the morning line. Um, but you've got the barn is 10% first time starters, but a positive ROI, positive ROI, first time turf, $4.82, positive ROI turf sprinting, $2.64. I actually like Jose Gomez on these turf sprinting, uh, turf spring first time starters because he's able to, to get the weight break and has gotten a couple of them home. Uh, I think he's done pretty good as a bug. He was Pretty good at Saratoga. Uh, and I like the breeding. This is a Lauban of a smart strike. Should be able to handle the turf sprinting very – should be able to handle turf sprinting well. And look, if Royal Dancer isn't good, this race is wide open. And it's the first time starter could easily jump up here and, and knock this field off. The one I liked the most was the three. I didn't use a first time starter, but you also have a, you know, a daughter of Lauban. The Laubans always win early. Uh, can, can win early just like Lauban uh, himself did. So – uh, it was you got that Uncle Mo bloodline going there as well. Uh, for me, I've got two more. Um, I did use the the one Royal Currency for Charlie Baker. I thought it was interesting that this horse, after eight starts on dirt, they're like, all right, we're finally going to put this horse on turf, and a really terrible bad break. You know, bumped pretty hard. Thank you very much. Uh, got checked back, and then you know this horse was. If you look at the running line on dirt, this horse liked to be forward. They placed, so the horse kind of got completely taken out. And yet still ended up passing courses. I know you had a road to remember take off. Shinful ends up getting second in that race, but not a terrible effort. Didn't quit. And we come back on turf. They're like, okay, Saez didn't tell us to stay back on dirt with this horse. Even though Saez is on a different horse, Lascano was going to be back aboard. Lascano showed at Kentucky Downs. He can even win if he's riding in a goat field and Aqueduct's turf. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's got to be at least as good as a goat field. So, yeah, you know, Charlie Baker is over 35 on the turf. I know that's a big old goose egg there, but maybe he'll go one for 36, Mike. This horse just seems to like to run second. And that's kind of where I, I'm, why I decided to leave him off the ticket. Mm -hmm. He's got nine starts, five seconds, one third, loves to hit the board, loves to try, not good enough to win. Uh, so just keeps collecting checks, but can't get into the winner's circle. I don't love the one post either. That, that's my my other issue. You're right. This horse wants to be more forwardly placed. This horse is not the fastest horse in the field. It's probably the third fastest of the inside four. And that's, we don't even know what true martini is going to be like from a speed perspective. So I have a hard time figuring out the trip that the one's going to work out here to be able to beat this field with the lack of interest in passing horses. Last one for me is the seven lemon red at eight to one. And you usually don't think, oh, you know, leaving Chad Brown. That's the horse I want to use next time out. Uh, Chad Brown's not a turf sprint trainer. And, and this horse did not change ownership. They just decided uh, maybe Chad Brown after that one race at Gulfstream Park where broke slowly and never picked up her feet. Looked like she was just running on empty the whole time. Chad Brown probably was like, this is a turf sprinter and I don't do turf sprinters. You know who does? Horatio Deposi's 19% with a really strong ROI. Uh, he's pretty great when he gets them first time in the barn, 18% with an almost $3 ROI. He's great when Trevor McCarthy rides for him, 23%, whether they're at Aqueduct or they're on the road elsewhere. Again, positive ROIs. Uh, my Philly Twirl, the horse that won that race, uh, ended up going, she was gate to wire that day, ended up winning her next two starts as well, including a stakes race at Gulfstream Park. So a very good Philly ended up winning that. I'm taking a flyer that at 8-1, to one, they looked at this horse and just were like, you know what? We should try her sprinting because by the time she got done to it, doing a second turn, she had nothing there. I don't hate it. I, I, I considered using the seven as well. I, all the reasons you said. Uh, good turf spring trainer, good off the bench. McCarthy's good with him. I like lemon drop kids. Um, so I, I, I thought this was a, a reasonable use. You muted your microphone, but Magic's about to give his ticket out. And we've got him going scrolling right down below. We will no when he comes back up and hits the button to make them scroll right down below. No. Oh, there you go. Nah, he think... that yet. No, he thought he did that, and that's why he did the point. <laughs> There's the ticket scrolling right down below. I'll go first to give mine out. I'm going to play a 50-cent pick five. I'm going to single the four. Go one, five, eight, nine with two, five, with one, three, six, with three, four, eight, nine. It'll cost you $48 or 50 cents. Magic, tell us your ticket. I did. Bah, bah, bah. Uh, I'm gonna go one four with four five nine with seven with three four six with one four seven nine thirty six dollars for me. Uh, we're both going a little chalky because we think it could go that way. Press your opinions. You've got strong opinions in any of these races. Press them on your tickets and tell us in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what's going on. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Coward. He's at some of them eighteen number one number eight. And we're about to talk some football. Do you have any other horse racing thoughts? 
Well, we should pull Aaron in so he can talk about Expressman real quick and why he thinks uh, that that's a must-single horse. Okay, he's ready. Well, hello, Aaron Halterman. How is everybody? Doing oh, well. Um, now, to be fair, I thought you were doing the pick four, so I was looking at that. I didn't realize I, I got in late, right? Okay. He's the single in this sequence. Here's why I would say that you do this is not a great sequence. Correct. I think McCoolick has a good shot to get beat. Okay. Uh, the eighth race, that's anybody's race. Ninth race, he's a overwhelming standout. I think you could beat Nation's Pride with the six in that one. I mean, you're going to have to use two chalks for sure. Well, let's just talk about that race specifically. Okay. Okay, that's fine. What 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 percent of the time do you think Expressman wins that race? A hundred percent of the time. Okay, well, that's incorrect. What percent of times do you really think Expressman wins that race? Well, listen, here's the deal. I think, I certainly think Expressman, if he was to run back to that race, this feels so bad. I really honestly believe, I know what you're going to try to argue. I think he's winning this race nine, nine times out of 10. I really right. do. Then you're right. Then in your opinion, he is a stone cold single. You're correct if you think he's going to win nine out of 10. I think he's going to win... 75% of the time. So if I think he's going to win 75% of the time and I'm he's going to be one to nine in the pick five, yeah, it would be bad for me to use the horse because I'm getting negative 15% value just in that simple math part of it. Mm-hmm. So like now, if I thought this horse was, was going to be three, one to two, I would be singling Expressman. But I think Expressman is going to be single on the mass majority of these tickets. And I'm not going to play a big ticket because I'm not because I think Expressman is your most likely winner. But I do believe there is a sizable edge of the actual win odds for Expressman and the number of tickets he's going to be on. Now, if yeah. you think he's going to win 90 percent of the time, we have different opinions on that. And then the structure becomes different. But I don't I don't I don't believe the 107 buyer. I don't believe that he would be in this race if he was that good. Uh, and I think there's other speed in here that can actually go with him early. And he didn't have to face that in Saratoga. What, what, where do you think he should go? I missed that. I got in very late. I just got in where I heard you weren't using where, where do you think he should be like, or where he could have gone? I think if he was that good, he'd be in a great stakes. I get, I mean, the problem is with the pleasure barn, you do have other horses that are going to fill those races. Like at parks coming up next week, he's got, he's got some for that. Um, maybe you wait till Keeneland. I, I don't, I don't know. The races are pretty tough that he would have to be in. That's the thing. Um, I, I guess I get it. I, I kind of think you're reading too much into the entry part of it. Um, it's a big allowance. It's a nice stepping stone. It's the same distance that he broke his maiden in. That's a factor as well. Um, I, you know, this was a horse you liked, ironically yeah. enough, big time um, yeah. on debut. So I don't know. I, I, I would I would have him in a grade one if I thought he was that good because my goal for him would be the Breeders' Cup Sprint where Pletcher doesn't have a horse, um, and so I I don't know I don't have the stakes race schedule in front of me. No, I'm that, pulling it up. Go ahead, keep talking. I'm pulling. It up. I would be wanting to figure out if I thought he was that good, if I really thought he could run a 107. Because like I asked Magic, tell me the other horses that have run a 107 by this year's sprinting. The list is pretty damn short and mm-hmm. it's pretty damn good. So if you think that this horse is actually that good, are you really running back in an N1X allowance? Or are you doing like what Chad Brown did with some of his uh, three-year-olds where he wanted to get into the Travers and push the envelope to see how good they were? The goal for this horse, if you think they're that good, is the Breeders' Cup. I got to disagree. I think think a lot of that pushing of a three-year-old happens because of that Triple Crown trail. And in in some cases, the lucrative three-year-old sprints that happen on the undercard of those races – but this horse, I don't think you're taking him, you know, third start to a Breeders' Cup race. I really don't. Um, I, I it, Dennis might be right. The Cigar Mile could make a lot of sense for this horse. I don't think they have that motivation to push at this time of the year with a three-year-old. Um, you yeah, know, that's fair. Like, that's, it's, that's the he, I, see. I, I would I would be pushing with a three-year-old, and that's where I guess my personal stat. He, Stat, or my personal thought process might affect my overall opinion. But for me, if, if well, it's this good, if he's that good. The race you could take him to is the Gallant Bob next weekend. It's a grade two race at Parks, uh, $300,000 purse. 
And yeah, if he wins that race, all of a sudden you might have a Breeders' Cup horse on your hands here. I could, you know, I could see it again. I don't necessarily agree, but I'm just kind of looking at races that maybe he could have went. Um, that's about, I mean, it's, it's pretty light as far as three-year-old stakes races here. Um, well, you could, face right, you could try older horses. You could. I mean, that's the, yeah. I guess I, for me, I guess it's really about what you're, what you're going for with the horse. Now, if your plan is you want to have this four-year-old campaign where you go to the Malibu and you go, you try and find races in the four-year-old season and lead up to a Breeders' Cup sprint, then maybe you handle this horse differently, right? But uh, 107, that number specifically, when you see that, it's going to get bet off the freaking board when people see that number from that race. Sure. Yeah. And uh, for me, I just, I don't either. I don't believe that that number is true. I don't think Pletcher thinks that horse is that good. See, I think, it, I think it's something else that I think subconsciously you're not realizing you hate horses second out getting over bad and allowances off one race. Oh, I've said, I said that when I was doing my handicap, okay. I said, this, this is right. the most over bet type of horse. Yes. Naira. And this is one that I consistently fade. And this is a, a, an ultra example of it because the number yes. is so monstrous that anyone who handicaps is going to see this monstrous number. This horse is going to be on 90% at least of the pick four and pick five tickets. Well, it, the last time that you, uh, you, I can't, well, not the last time, but one of the last times that you hit a nice ticket, you faded a horse that was similar to this. And that's yep. why you did it. And that's why it hit, I should say, for the price that it hit, I should say. So I, I get it. I, I, um, I think, well, listen, you're taking a small swing, right? It's not like you're playing a $100 ticket with him out. So I get it. I mean, there's value in the ticket. You're not going to lose money if you hit that ticket. But, and you know, you, know. What, you know what you could do with my ticket? If you like, if you, you part of this is like, if you want to really be aggressive on how you structure this, I'm singling the four in the first leg. I'm trying to get around the Kulik there, right? You could play a $2 ticket with the four singled and the seven singled here and then play back a 50 cent ticket with the four singled and leaving the seven off. So that you're you're playing it to where if you're the seven wins you still have two dollars it will pay significantly less obviously with the seven winning, so your your the value of the hit will still be higher if the seven loses but you have some type of backup and that ticket's gonna be awfully cheap too. Yeah, you could almost yeah that's a good idea yeah but you could you could almost play a ten dollar ticket in, in this spot you really could because I know Magic left him off but I mean Royal Dancer is a big time standout in that race. Tough, tough time finishing races, and maybe maybe Magic's right, but he looks like a standout. I, I think if Tory isn't a total jackass, Nation Pride's going to win that race. I think you, maybe the six, but you know, and then Expressman, and then like I said, the eighth race would be tough to narrow it down. But that's the risk that you're taking, right? You're trying to go narrow there in a race and, and try to hope to just get through if you're playing a high denomination. But I, again, I think I think end of the day you've had success fading horses like this in the past. So it's hard for me to get on here and go, don't do it when you've, you've had success. Right. And, and to me, it's all about what percentage time you think the horse is going to win versus what percent of the tickets are going to be on the horse in the pool. Right. And yeah. I, you, you think Expressman has a higher shot of winning than I do. And that's why it's a single for you. I think Expressman has a lower shot is going to get all of the tickets. So for me, that's one of the, that's a horse that I just try and beat, right? Part, and that's part of, yeah. Part of the problem is it's like where who did you use? I didn't even see you use the. I used the two Browns, uh, Nabokov and uh, McKillop. And the, the main reasoning is the three and the four are going to go. The four with Saez will one hundred percent send. I think it's going to be a three three horses that are banging heads up front, and I'm hoping one of the two of them can sit right behind and pick up the pieces. If Nabokov wins, I might fall over dead. I'm not even kidding you. Like, that's how little I think of him. Now, the two is interesting because it's first time on the dirt. So you really don't know, right? right. I mean, he'll either take to it or not. I mean, that's, I, I you know, the, why don't you just single the two? <laughs> because I, I actually like Nabokov on the cutback. I think going, sending him to a mile and a 16th and a mile and eighth was not what the horse wanted to do. And now we're getting back to a distance where I think we have a little bit better of a shot of getting the job done. He shows speed going longer. He should be able to close, should have more stamina. I think this race is going to fall apart. And I think that's going to, that's, that's how you beat express man here. Well, it, it has a logical setup for it to fall apart going seven furlongs with three speed horses. No, you're not wrong. That's how he's going to lose. He's just, he gets worn out for sure. If I remember right, his stable mate was right next to him the whole time on the, on the first race. So yeah, they ran uh, one yeah. two. What's that? They ran one two, And he was, yeah. he was never really pushed early. Right. He just no. kind of galloped away from everybody. And we all thought that unlimited potential was going to go by when yeah. unlimited potential who was sitting behind him, not actually pressing him, swung out to the two path and couldn't get by him. Yeah. 
The, the other weird thing about that race is there's been no runners come out of it yet. So we, all we have to trust is the numbers at this point. It's not like we haven't seen an, you know, an over, over number given race at Saratoga. I don't know how to say that any better than that, but yeah, we'll see. I think, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it didn't turn into a debate because it depends on your opinion and, you know what right. I mean? Like that's the beauty of horse racing, isn't it? Is that yeah. it depends on your opinion. Like that, yeah. it, it, and then betting your opinion correctly. You got to have an opinion and then bet it correctly. In this case, you singling the seven with your opinion is correct, and me not using the seven with my opinion is correct. Well, it, it now listen now, now Dr. Tang and, and Samich's opinion were both right, no matter what happens. That's correct as well. <laughs> and that's insanity. But anyway, uh, I just think it's funny that the five. You've, you just have trashed publicly yeah. in the seven you love. <laughs> well, I, okay. I, I, I liked the seven a lot. I, I actually like the, the running mate more. It, again, it's situational here for me. I also, I was correct on trashing Nabokov. So maybe I'm correct when picking Nabokov. You got to, <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, it's just, yeah. I, 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 these are the horses that I don't, I rarely play. I yep. rarely use them. And, and this is a, this is an extreme example of the horses I rarely use. Because this one is just like off the chart. This is like Hidden Scroll first race, sure. right? Yeah. Where and, and ironically, he's running tonight. That's why he popped into my head. Never <laughs> came back to run that same number again. And that, like, you gotta kind of wonder: is that really a one? Like, it, I just there's too many question marks for me in a spot where you're taking on winners, taking on older. Like, there's just there's so many things here that can get him beat. Yeah, his talent could give him a really easy eight-length win too. That's the problem. Um, I, you know, I, the only horse that I can remember you using this year uh, in a race like this is Saint Tappet. Yeah. Yep. So, I love Saint Tappet. I know you do. <laughs> and you used him, and you were right. Uh, oddly enough, he was an allowance. Samich. Just yeah. saying. Well, look, the it goes back. What do you think they're gonna? How often do you think they're gonna win? How many tickets they're gonna take? That was a twelve-horse field. And St. Tappan right. was believe, eight to five, mm-hmm. nine to five. I thought yeah. St. Tappan should be even money. So that's a that's a spot where I'm going to be using St. Tappan. I at that big of a difference, I can even use multiple horses in that race if I really want to. Um, but it, that that goes back to what your beliefs are and then how you structure the tickets around those those opinions. Yep. No, I I, I agree. De- definitely a different circumstance. There were other horses to bet in that race. Yeah. Yeah. If he because like look, if Expressman goes down, and I hit the rest of this thing. It's it's paying four thousand minimum, right? Yeah, I mean, I and, and if Pressman wins and I used him, it's probably a two hundred dollar ticket. Mm, I don't know. These pick fives they they surprise you. Yeah, I, I guess it could pop up a little bit more if the eight loses the last and I get the single and it's the six instead of the three. But it, a lot of things have to go right, right for it to to be that that level of a ticket. And so, look, if I have to rip my ticket up seventy five percent of the time. But the other 20% when I get through that race, I don't think the other three have very much of a chance. That gives me the opportunity to win, uh, what is that? I don't know, 500x my money. That for me is a, a, a worthwhile gamble. Well, I'm going to go straight exact to 7-5. You talk me into Nabokov and it'll pay like 5-1. to one. And that, we talked about that on Blinkers Off for 20 minutes on straight uh, race wagering. So that's what I'm going to do. Straight, straight, dude, just go with a try, man. 7-5-2 and call it a day. Yeah. Seven five. I'm an exacting guy. All right. Uh, you All guys right. are coming on here for Dude Do Bet Sports in about an hour. Make sure everyone is checking that out. Papa Dude Aaron uh, working up toward that Thursday night football game. Um, Magic, you want to jump back in? We'll kick Aaron out. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even want to jump back in. <laughs> He's like, I'm kind of just enjoying this. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun race now. That's the interesting part. And I, I also agree with Aaron. I don't think either of us is wrong if we both are betting the way that we our opinions line up. I just love Dr. Tang's comment that it went longer than the burgers and sandwiches. Well, that one actually has some value for people who care about horse racing and are listening versus the burgers and sandwich one, which has absolutely no value and Dr. Tang is still wrong about. If value is what you want, tune into uh, Dude Who Bet Sports. It'll be uh, Aaron with Papa Dude. They're going live at, it was one hour, right, Aaron? Yeah, yeah you're going live at the. Yep, it was 6 Central, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. And then, of course, the man right above me here, Mike Samabam, is going to be with Saratoga Slim for the Week 2 Thursday Night Football Halftime Show. And, buddy, your first one was a success. You gave out some winning picks. 
Yeah, we had the second half winner. We had the Bills minus one in the second half, which we gave out. We were shocked that that was a minus one number after watching that first half with four turnovers. Uh, my best bet of the week, the Giants, six and a half came through, plus six and a half. That was a little sweaty in the first half, but it ended up to be uh, you know, a nice little victory. So we got best bet coming there. Slim's going to give out a couple props. We'll give out our second half play, talk about the first half. Should be a great game. I'm looking forward to, to actually watching this one, too. Saratoga Slim has been uh, doing Slim Pickens. It's his new Thursday Night Football Prop Bet Series, or, or Football Prop Bet Series. He does it for Thursday Night Football, Monday Night Football, and, of course, the big games on Sunday. Uh, this is his one for Thursday Night Football. Tune in. And then also, if you missed it, Dudes Who Bet Daily this morning, uh, he had a, what was it, a plus nine? It was a plus 91 shot? Yeah, plus wow. 970. Uh, same game parlay for that one. So uh, for Thursday Night Football. Video. Check out the YouTube video. You got all our best bets, three of them. I think we're on this game. So you have three bets for the Thursday night football game. If you're interested in that, uh, make sure you're checking out YouTube bet daily every week, every Monday, uh, Wednesday through Sunday at noon Eastern. Uh, got a little bit of a heater here up over almost $2,500 off a hundred dollar base unit right now. Uh, we have been doing pretty good. Uh, I will be back. Hopefully. Wait, what's tomorrow? Friday. Hey, I got CFL game tomorrow. All right. So I'll be back. See if I can keep my, my CFL streak going. Uh, but let's see. Tune in next. Uh, yeah, tune in tomorrow. It's every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. I'm sorry. Saturdays, it is 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern because we got college football we want to talk about. So until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, guys. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. If you do not agree with this, you're cursed.